thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad that you are with us today. Thank you for joining us on Jesus the Healer. We have been having such a good time. We have been teaching on the different miracles of healing that happened under Jesus' ministry. And I tell you, we have been having a good time, haven't we? Oh, it's so good. I tell you, it's so good. And uh, not that my preaching is good. Well, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm just saying the Word is good. The Word is good. And I tell you, the more you get it, the more you want of it. Amen. And so uh, as, you're, as you're listening today, uh, release your faith. Join your faith to the word. Let that word go in and take hold of it and do a work in you. Amen. Um, we, we see this. The word tells us that Jesus went everywhere teaching, preaching, and healing. Remember Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. What were his works? Teaching, preaching, and healing. Um, we could say this, when we're teaching, we're doing as much of the works of Jesus as, as when we're ministering healing to someone. Amen. Teaching is a work. Amen. I said teaching is a work. Yes. So while you're sitting under the teaching of the word, you're sitting under the works of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So many times people just think a healing or a miracle or something spectacular is a work, but the teaching, sitting under the teaching, you're sitting under the works of Jesus because that's what he did. He went everywhere teaching preaching and healing. And so uh, if we say we're going to be like Jesus, we're going, we're going to have to do what he did. Yes. Amen. 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 And so healing was something he emphasized in his ministry. Yeah. Healing, it's appropriate to emphasize it. Amen. Because he emphasized it. We've been uh, looking at different accounts of individuals that were healed under Jesus's earthly ministry. When we look at those, we're being... Uh, uh, shown exactly what we can do to receive healing. Yes. Uh -huh. That's good. Right. If we study those yes. and yes. if we do what they did, we can get what they got. Yes. Right? Um, not only can we receive healing, but we can see how to minister healing to people who need it. Right. And whether you realize it or not, the word tells us, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Right. That's not a suggestion. That's a command. Right. Not just to ministers, mm -hmm. but to every member of the body. And I would dare to say that we will have to answer for when we stand before Jesus, did we do that? Yes. Did we do that? Right. And so why? Because uh, his power will back us up. That's right. Now, I would invite you to go back and watch some previous episodes because so much has been taught about these different individuals that were healed under Jesus's ministry. We're going to talk today about the woman with the issue of blood. And there's so much to learn in her testimony. Now, you know this, that Jairus came and he had said to Jesus, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her and she'll live. 
And so, you know, that account is what was happening. Jesus was on his way to Jairus's house with him. Mm-hmm. And en route, uh, they're in the midst of a multitude and this woman with an issue of blood enters the scene. And I want to start reading in Mark chapter five and we'll start in verse 25. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified Classic translation. So we invite you to get your Bible and notepad, pencil and follow along with us. So it reads in Mark five, verse 25. And there was a woman who had had a flow of blood for 12 years. Can you imagine 12 years and who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports concerning Jesus and she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. For she kept saying, Mm -hmm. if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. Mm -hmm. And immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source. And suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment. And Jesus recognizing in himself that power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around immediately in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples kept saying to him, you see the crowd pressing hard around you from all sides and you ask who touched me? I want to tell you something at this point. This sounded like a general word to the person who didn't receive. Mm -hmm. But to the one who received, it was specific. She knew how specific that was to her. Verse 32, still he kept looking around to see her who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had been done in her, though alarmed and frightened and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me springing from faith in God has restored you to health. Go in into peace and be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. Now let's go back up to verse 25 because I want us to start dissecting this testimony. Verse 25, and there was a woman who had had a flow of blood for 25 years. So tucked inside Jairus's miracle is this woman's miracle. Amen. For 12 years under Jewish law, a woman who had a flow of blood was not allowed out in public. So she was not to be there. Um, you can know that in these communities, they, they live close in close quarters with one another. Um, they would have known, Hey, she's not at synagogue. Hey, we don't see her out shopping anymore. They would have heard report after 12 years that this woman is not allowed in public. You know, they, they recognize that she's not out among them in society, right? So to violate this could have meant stoning for her. That they're to be stoned if they are out in public and they're not supposed to be. So as we said, Jairus had come up to Jesus and he had said, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Please come to my house. Jesus is going that way. And the woman notices she's fearing, she's trembling. Uh, why is she so afraid? Because the man who can sentence her to stoning is standing next to Jesus. Wow. <laughs> no wonder she's not the first to testify and say, ah, it's me. Yeah. This is what I'm saying for this woman to go against the Jewish law. It took, 
she expected something to happen. She wasn't being half-hearted. She was, she was laying everything on the line to receive her miracle. She's putting herself at risk of their law to even approach Jesus. Verse 26, and she had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but instead grew worse. So everything she did naturally only ended up making things worse. I so appreciate this about this woman. For 12 years, she suffered this way, but she refused to get used to suffering. She refused to call this normal for the rest of her life. She refused. I love this. If we're not careful when something is lingering, even if it's not, if I could say this, terminal, but you can just have something that's lingering and nagging, people just get used to it and learn to live with it. Uh, we're not, that's not appropriate for the renewed mind. We don't have to get used to it and just learn to manage or cope with this. No matter how long there's been a condition in your body, decide no more. I'm not getting used to this. I'm pushing back. And listen, she did push back for 12 years. By her going to a doctor, she's doing everything she knows to do. Listen, it said she'd gone to many physicians, which gave us the idea she had much money. You don't go to many physicians when you have no money. (laughs) She didn't just go to one doctor. It said she went to many. So it took her 12 years to go through all of her money and to go through all the physicians in the area. (laughs) But there came a point, no doubt, when her money ran out and and the, the options ran out. I want you to see this sickness is a thief. It robbed her not only of health, it robbed her of years. It robbed her of of life with her family. It robbed her financially. It robbed her in every arena. Uh, Sickness is a thief. It robs people that suffer and the people around them that are catering to them and having to help them. Thank God for people that do help them, but it's robbing from people. Amen. Which is proof it doesn't come from God. Because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, not God. So she endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians. The physicians weren't the enemy. They weren't the problem. They were trying to help her. So we don't get this, uh, we don't get an attitude against uh, the medical industry. They're trying to fight the same disease that that we're resisting and standing against. But sometimes there comes a point in life when your need is beyond what man can do for you. That's right. That's good. And I tell you what, you better develop and know uh, someone who's able, who's great enough to serve to 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 deliver you. Make sure you're serving something great enough to deliver you and God is the only one that qualifies for that. Amen. No medical treatment helped. It only made conditions worse. Mm -hmm. Verse 27 says, she had heard the reports concerning Jesus. My, 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 it matters what you hear. What if she would have heard the report from someone who was critical? Evidently, who she heard the report from, why she couldn't be there herself. She was not permitted to be there. She couldn't go to his meeting. She couldn't be around the multitudes. She couldn't hear him for herself. She just heard report and a report was enough for her faith. That's right. My, my, my. Praise the Lord. And so it would have mattered. What if the the report she heard would have been colored with criticism? Mm -hmm. Well, you know... uh, Somebody said that, you know, they got healed when he laid hands on them. But, you know, I think they were plants. 
I think somebody planted them that just told them to say that. No, no, no. They weren't critical. Evidently, she heard, she heard the report from someone who believed the report. Yeah. Amen. What she, it says here that she heard the reports concerning Jesus. So she came up to him to receive her healing. So what did she hear in that report? She must have heard he's a healer. Yes. Yes. You, won't, you won't reach for what you don't hear. Yes. So she must have heard he was a healer. She chose to believe what she heard before she even saw him. It matters what you hear, but it matters what you choose to believe about what you hear too. Because people can sit critical as skeptics in a service, hearing the word preached, saying, I'm not sure about that. I don't believe that. The thing, the, the, an outstanding characteristic about faith is that it's easy to persuade. Yes. When you're a faith person, you are easy, easily persuaded by the word. Yeah. You, don't, you don't ask for God has to prove it over and over and over again before you'll attach your faith to it. Faith is persuadable when it hears the word, not gullible, buying into anything it hears. Amen. But once you hear and see that it's in the word, you are easily persuaded. That's a characteristic of faith. So when she heard about Jesus, she was easily persuaded. So we know something. There's something of faith in her. And so when she heard the reports about him, she took action. She acted. She sought him out. She did everything she could. What could she do? She could get up out of her house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. In her weakened condition, can you imagine losing blood for 12 years? Uh, a chronic condition. It might have gotten better, then get worse. Then get better. It was chronic for 12 years. So you can imagine her weakened condition, how easy it would have been to stay home. If we want to see what God has for us, we can't take the easy route. If we're just going for what's yes. convenient and hoping something shows up to help us, yes. that doesn't work. Right. Faith takes action. Yes. Faith isn't looking for the easy road. Faith is looking to act. Yes. Right. Amen. Yes. My husband used to make this statement, faith will do whatever it takes. Right. Whatever it takes. Yes. That's what faith will do. That's Amen. Right. Uh, her miracle began, number one, with her choosing to believe what she heard. Yes. Because she could have been critical. She could have said, well, the doctors all said they could help me and they couldn't. What, and she could start lumping him in with what didn't work. But she didn't. She didn't. She chose to believe. Amen. But her miracle also included other things. You know her miracle included her getting up and getting dressed. It would have been easier just to stay in bed. Her miracle included putting her life at risk to get out of the house. Her miracle included finding out where is he? (laughs) She's got to go find him. You don't know. We have no report how far away she would have had to travel to find where he's at. Her miracle included that when she found him, he's surrounded by a multitude. It's like, I can't even see him. (laughs) So she had to work through a multitude. So her miracle included many steps on her part. Amen. Amen. She pressed through the multitude. What's this mean? Obstacles. All of these were obstacles. Her faith was willing to reach past every obstacle because there will be many reasons to stop along the course of your miracle. But faith says, I don't care what the obstacle is. It just keeps going. Amen. 
Amen. When you choose to believe God, you have to press past obstacles because the devil will put things in your way to stop your faith from arriving at your miracle. Uh, You've heard me say it before. I I love this saying that Brother Oral Roberts would make every day. Miracles are coming to you or they're going past you. It depends on how you respond as to whether or not it stops. She was not willing to let her miracle keep going past her. She right. went, she got up and got dressed. Yeah. You know, can I tell you this? Sometimes people miss their miracle just because they won't show up. Oh, they just won't show up. They want to sit at home and receive a miracle. They want to just sit at home, not be inconvenienced, not have to cost them anything. But you know, my husband and I, for years, we paid whatever it cost to get in Dad Hagen's meetings. I pay whatever it costs to get where Brother Copeland is ministering at different locations. Why? Because I'm not willing to let what God has for me pass me by just because I wouldn't show up. Amen. God has help for your life found in a local church. Show up. Show up. Amen. Do whatever it takes to get where power is. It's in manifestation. You say, well, God can heal me here. Yes, but he has other ways and other instructions that he gives. And he says for us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Sometimes your miracle is right in the middle of a multitude and you better get there and get through that multitude. Her miracle was not at home. Her miracle was in the midst of inconvenience. And she kept pressing past every inconvenience to lay hold of her miracle. Amen. When you need a miracle, take action toward it. Don't just sit at home and wait for it to be dropped. A miracle will not be dropped on us. A miracle meets our movement. A miracle meets us doing our part. Get to your church. Get to the word. Get to to time in the word. Release your faith. Be active with your faith. Amen. 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 Because she touched his garment. Remember she said, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. She must have heard something about that garment. Because you don't have faith for what you don't hear. She must have known there was something that, that, that radiated out of him. Amen. Amen. How could that be? The anointing of God would saturate him. Remember Paul talked about uh, that there there was an anointing on him that when aprons or handkerchiefs that touched his body were taken to those who were sick or demon possessed, that that anointing could be stored in that cloth. And somebody who was not able to be present that cloth could be taken to them and it would be transferred to them. It acted like a storage battery. And when they released their faith, the anointing that went in the cloth then went into that person once it touched their body. It's amazing technology, (laughs) divine technology. See, we get impressed with our technology. Uh, Ain't got nothing on that. That's right. (laughs) Because God can take a cloth and turn it into a conductor of his power. It's amazing. She must have heard something about that because she said, if I just can touch his garment... I shall be healed. I shall be whole. I will say this because as we minister on the road and we travel, many times we lay hands on a cloth. Somebody may have a family member that lives in another part of the, of the United States. They can't be there. They say, you know, they've been diagnosed with this. Uh, would you lay hands on this cloth? Just know this. There are certain things that will conduct the power of God and certain things that won't. 
Amen. You can't uh, you can't just lay it on paper. Yeah. Paper is not a conductor. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it has to. It, cloth will conduct it. Um, water will conduct it. How do we know that? The pull of Bethesda. Yeah, the pull of Bethesda. The angel would come down, stir the water. Remember that. And whoever got in the water. So water is a conductor. Cloth is a conductor because Paul said aprons, cloths. And so you can't just, you can't lay hold of this cup and say, touch the cup. I'll carry the cup. Well, it's not, it, it, it won't, it won't conduct that anointing because that anointing has to go into that so that it can be drawn out of it. So water will do it. Uh, a cloth will do it. And so sometimes people will bring us like a, a, a tissue, a cloth, I mean, excuse me, a paper tissue, like a Kleenex or something. We go, that, that won't conduct it, you see. So these are things we have to learn and yes. be skillful right. with. Right. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So verse 28, it says that she kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. So this woman was speaking her faith. As soon as she saw the obstacles, she didn't say, oh my gosh, there's too many people there Mm -hmm. to get through. She says, no, I don't have, he doesn't have to see me. I don't even have to get in front of him. I just have to get where he is, touch something of him, touch something of that power, touch something of that flow. And she didn't just say it once. The Amplified said she kept saying to herself, That's how she kept going when no doubt there was reasons to not keep going. They may see you. They know you're not supposed to be out here. But she kept saying to herself so that what the enemy would say to her her head would not override what was in her heart. Amen. Her words preceded her actions. She didn't touch until she said something. She said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. Whenever I have a minister, a healing line in, in uh, services where I minister, I get the people saying something before I touch them. Right. Amen. That's right. Why? This is a spiritual principle, spiritual law. Because if I can get them saying something, releasing the faith that's in their heart through them speaking words, then we'll get more results when hands are laid on them. That's right. You say, well, Pastor Nancy, what are you having to say? I have to say this, when hands are laid on me, the healing power of God will go into my body. It'll drive out pain and symptoms, sickness and disease, and I shall be whole. That's, That's, That's what I get them to say. Why? Because this is the principle. I learned this from this woman, that she said something, then she did something. Amen. The more we say it, the more we have it. The less we say it, the less we have it. Amen. Amen. Faith that's in your heart has to be released. And it's released through what you say. Faith comes by hearing, but it's not released by hearing. Now get that. Faith comes by hearing, but it's not released by hearing. So don't just sit. When you need a miracle, don't just say, I just need to hear, hear, hear. Well, it's good to hear, 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 but you're not done at the hearing. You have to add the saying to release that faith that comes. Notice this woman kept saying these words to herself. She wasn't just saying it to other people. She was saying it to herself. It matters what you say to yourself. Some people, if we're not careful, we have learned faith lingo. 
We've learned what faith talk sounds like. We've learned, oh, don't say that. That's a bad confession. Or do say this. This is a good confession. Good. It's right to learn that. But sometimes people have learned the lingo without having the faith in the words they're saying. They've learned, oh, don't say that to Pastor Nancy. Pastor Nancy said, don't say that. So I'm not going to say that to her. So they, I ask them, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. But they go home and they say to themselves, it's just getting, I, I just don't. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how come this is getting worse. See, what you say to yourself means more than what you say to me. Amen. Because that's double-minded. Right. Say something to one person because you know what faith should stay. But then when you're at home by yourself, what are you thinking? Because that's what you're saying to yourself. And you can be double-minded saying one thing out here, but another thing in here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So it matters that our words are the same out here and in here. And she kept saying to herself, what's she doing? She's meditating. That's a form of meditation. Amen. And as she's meditating, that word's becoming more and more real to her. And it says, and immediately after she touched him, immediately, verse 29, and immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source, and suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment. That healing power was tangible to her. She felt it go in. Notice that she spoke what she believed before she felt anything, though. Listen, power can be unseen and power can be unfelt. Power can be seen and power can be felt, but it can also be unseen and unfelt. So whether you feel it or not, believe it. I said whether you see it or not, believe it. I said, believe it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And verse 30, and Jesus recognizing in himself that power proceeding from him had gone forth, he turned around immediately in the crowd and said, who touched me? Who touched me? She knew it's me. (laughs) He had a multitude. I want you to see this. There's a multitude that are touching him, pressing him, and every one of them know it's not me. Because when he asked, none of them stood up and testified. It's just her. See, I want you to see this. Just because Jesus was present doesn't mean that they were, they were receiving. Right. It's faith that receives. Yes. It's not, it, it, people get this idea if Jesus would just show up. Jesus could show up in your house, but if you don't have faith, nothing's happening. Right. Because Jesus was present and no one in that multitude got healed except her. Yes. Amen. And then Jesus told her how to keep her healing. He says, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole. Mm-hmm. He's telling her, don't lose your peace. Right. We kind of get this idea, is that, how, is that what opened the door to the sickness? Did she lose her peace? Did she get, how do you lose your peace? Did she get into worry? Did she get into fear? You see, did she open the door through the loss of peace? Mm-hmm. He told her how to keep her peace. Amen. Amen. And so we see this. He said to her, so be it done unto you according to your faith, not his faith, her faith. If her faith can make her whole, your faith can make you whole. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're teaching out of this book, The the Healer Divine. And so we want you to get your copy. You can go to our website at deframeministries.org and let us know that you need that. And we'll get that right out to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. 
In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. Your own faith will be stirred to believe and act as the healed God has made you to be. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual Holy Ghost meetings in Marietta, California, January 6th through the 11th, 2023 with Nancy Dufresne. We are also excited to welcome Kenneth Copeland and Richard Roberts as our special guests. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.